Welcome to Under the Radar, a show about independent iOS app development. I'm Marco Arment. And I'm David Smith. Under the Radar is never longer than 30 minutes, so let's get started. So I launched an app. Um, uh, we mentioned this in the last episode, that, I, that this was something that coming um, in a slightly vague way. Now I can be specific and dive into a great detail about it and the kind of the journey behind it. It's called Watchsmith, and it is an app that is all about kind of pushing the limits about what is possible with um, watchOS, both in terms of it has this very wide and varied set of complications that are um, highly configur- sort, of, sort, of, sort of configurable in terms of their appearance, their font colors, like if the ones that have little dials, you can choose what the hand on the dial looks like. like it's getting as sort of as nitpicky as I could make it. Um, and then you can schedule them to appear on your watch, um, as you see fit. So you can say like, I want to see the weather in the morning, my activity rings in the evening and during the day, um, you know, maybe I want to see the day and date or my next event or whatever makes sort of makes sense for you and your schedule. Um, and then on the watch side was the interesting experience of taking advantage of Swift UI, um, to be able to build first, like first like our first time building real native watch apps that I was able to like build a whole bunch of different things. And I have the kind of the somewhat unique experience or ability um, because I've built workout apps, weather apps, um, health apps, calendar apps. Um, I built all these different types of applications over the years. Um, I was able to just sort of combine all that into one. So like the watchsmith watch app is really like 10 apps in one, um, all rebuilt from the ground up with Swift UI, which means that they're able to be so much more responsive, reliable, and just visually interesting uh, without the old kind of the weird hackiness that I would have to build in with WatchKit stuff. Um, it was really reassur- sort of refreshing to be able to build this in a proper re- real way um, in, in Swift UI. And because it's a brand new app, I can just require WatchOS 6 from the beginning and it's fine. Um, and so it's been really a fun process to build. Like this is an app that I think I've had in my mind for a long time and sort of really right around WWDC last year, um, when Swift UI came out, uh, it, it kind of went from this idea in the back of my mind to this concrete, like, I want to take advantage of this. I don't know if other people are going to take advantage of this, but this is something that I want to really kind of dive into, lean on and see how far you can go, um, on watchOS right now. And so, I sort of spent spent longer than I normally do on an app um, kind of building this out. It's probably been at least six, seven months um, that I've been working primarily on um, on Watchsmith. But I think, you know, that's kind of what you had to, I had, had to do because um, it's like, for better or worse, a lot of the stuff that I'm doing is very, um, it's pushing the limits of what watchOS and especially what uh, the complication system um, is really intended and designed for. And that is on the plus plus side, it means that the app is really, you know, it, it sort of does stuff that a lot of other apps can't or won't do. Um, but on the, the flip side is it took a lot of work to actually get this to where um, it was something that was shippable um, and reliable. But um, and yeah, and then I guess on the other kind of interesting thing in with, with it just sort of at a high level is that it's the first time um, on iOS that I'm sort of using a subscription model. So I'm, this has a auto renewing um, sort of subscription in it. Um, and like I think I mentioned in the last episode, a lot of that is coming from the fact that there are ongoing costs with this because a lot of the data sources, um, are going to be things like weather data where there's an ongoing, you know, every time someone makes a weather request and especially with complications where I'm having to make weather requests regularly throughout the day so that I'm up, you know, I'm 
it's rather than with the usual weather app, you have the benefit of you only pull data when the user opens the app. Whereas in a complication context, you know, I'm sort of, it's more of a pull system where I'm sort of pulling the, for new weather data every few hours to make sure that, you know, if the forecast is radically changed, um, that it's sort of relevant and updated. So that kind of makes sense. And then it's also, it's this very niche product where I think it seems like it kind of makes sense to rather than try have a big, uh, like have lots of people give you a small amount of money. It makes a lot more sense for it to be kind of have that thousand true fans kind of approach where, there's a smaller group of people who really like it and get it and are excited about the app and are willing to um, kind of be your be supporters and subscribers to um, sort of allow me to keep pushing it forward. Um, and so far, so good. It's been a successful launch. No crazy weird bugs. Only the few bugs that I kind of expected or the w- weird kind of edge case stuff that I never would have found. Um, and the subscriber sort of, sort of numbers are about what I was hoping for that it kind of is, you know, sort of steadily growing and there's enough um, in the initial wave to kind of make the app viable going forward, which um, was the thing that I was most excited about because I just, I love making watch apps and now I kind of have this playground that I'm kind of being, uh, I can justify spending time working on. Congratulations on the launch. This, Thank I, you. I know how long you've been working on this and it was such a big project. It, there is so much functionality in there technical achievement design achievement math achievement <laughs> built in this app so much math so, so much, much math. Math. <laughs> there, there there are so many wonderful little little touches little bits of functionality um i want to start out by congratulating you on an amazing name <laughs> <laughs> i know that you for a while you didn't have this name yet um until fairly recently i couldn't come up with a better name than watchmith for this app and it's, it works on so many levels. The fact that you're building your own watch complications, the fact that your last name is Smith. Yeah. <laughs> just I love this so much. It's such a great name. Um, and for, for what the app is, it is such an incredible app and, and achievement that, you're, that you were able to do all this on watchOS, which is so constrained and, and just so challenging to develop any kind of functionality for, let alone non-trivial functionality, let alone complication functionality. Sure. Because, I, you know, I, I know only a tiny bit. I've only scratched the surface of what the complication API looks like and, and what you can do with it. I, I've done almost nothing with it because it's so limited and so hard, so hard to do anything with and so intimidating and so actively hostile towards apps that try to integrate with it that the fact that you've been able to pull off all this functionality is even more impressive like now especially knowing what this api is and and how it makes you do things and and what it allows you to do and what it doesn't Uh, so it's an incredible technical achievement and i just love all the little design touches you've put into the faces or into the into the complication uh you know i guess the complication faces at the front of the complications um all my, my favorite thing is how you you have this option that when the watch hands sweep over the complication for say the date you have this option that the date can kind of scoot out of the way as the hand passes over so the hand is never covering the date that is exactly the kind of thing that apple should have provided with their own faces and exactly the kind of thing that it's such an amazing little design touch because this is not a physical watch face like the physical watches can have limitations based on the fact that they are physical objects and they can't do stuff like scoot the date over <laughs> when the hand is passing over or at least they actually 
kind of maybe could, but it would be extremely complicated and very expensive. So they pro- they generally wouldn't do something like that. Yeah. Um, and for one of my great frustrations with the Apple Watch has been like, and as a watch lover, like I, I love analog, I guess you know watches and. And one of my great frustrations with the Apple Watch, first of all, is that I, I'm just not very happy with most of their face designs. And, and I can't customize them in ways that matter to me that would improve the the nitpicks I have with most of their designs. But also that they're just not smart. That like we have this smartwatch. It's a computer. It's supposed to be able to do things that computers allow us to do. It's supposed to you know enable dynamic, intelligent functionality, not just displaying... like a fixed thing in a fixed area on screen all the time and so often apple has these opportunities that they could do to make it smarter and they just don't take them and the the watch faces are incredibly dumb for for a computer especially and and for a smart watch so much of the face system is dumb and 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 by that i mean not smart it's it's not dynamic it's not intelligent it's not well designed you have problems like the hand overlaps the date at certain times and you just can't read it very well or at all like it, it there are so many issues like that where apple had an opportunity to make something smart and just didn't and in most cases third party developers can't fix it like in in most cases we don't have access to the functionality on watchOS that would enable us to make things like better watch faces. Except this one little area, the complication, that even that is extremely limited. Even that, th- there's a lot you can't do. There's a lot of things people would expect that you'd be able to do that you can't or that maybe you can't do consistently because you might get throttled or something. And in this case, you found a way to make Apple watch faces smart maximizing the capabilities of what you're allowed to do right now on watchOS. And it's really impressive. And I'm 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 just so happy that you were able to do this and that it turned out so well. And I really hope the business side of it works out well for you too because it's just it's so nice to finally have a way for the Apple Watch to actually be smart, you know, in ways that it should have been from day one but never has been. Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you. Um, that's that's very kind of you to say. And I think, yeah, like the, so much of my design for this is coming from this place of it's like, what what should a smartwatch do that is different from a traditional mechanical watch? And like, as part of my research for this like this app, like I went and bought a mechanical watch, like a very basic Seiko five, and wore it as my as my primary watch for you know for for um, a good month, and just to get a feel for like what's that like? Because I haven't worn a traditional watch. Um, in years, because before the Apple Watch, I didn't wear a watch. And like, I think the last time I consistently wore a watch, I was probably in high school. Um, and so I was kind of reminding myself of what that experience is like. And I think there's so many of these things where I got this feeling of, yeah, it's like, I don't think in the near term we're going to get third-party watch faces. Like, it just doesn't feel like something that is... Uh, on the on, on Apple's roadmap, it's not something that has ever, as far as I can tell, ever been even ru- vaguely rumored. Like in the sense of, like certain, like with most of kind of where Apple is heading, there's the sense of there's you have these vague rumors that te- tend to come like a year or two out, um, and then they'll kind of you know, you never know when it's actually going to hit. But there's these the sense that it's someone's working on it and it'll eventually leak out. It's like either it's the best kept secret or it's just not coming. And I think it's more likely that it's not coming uh, for the time being. And so I kind of looked at it and it was like, originally I got, kind of got stuck on the like, man, that's a bummer. Like, I wish I could do more. And then it's like, well, what can I do? And so rather than kind of like the glass half 
like empty version is the you know the the I, I can't change the most of the watch face. It's like the glass half full version is it's like well I can do a whole lot with the part that I they Apple does let me control with the complications and I can do my best to make those kind of smart and relevant in ways that um, like better are more true to the device that it is um, because it's and it's, it's such this funny thing that I so many of the like the the Johnny Ive videos that we hear. Um, talks about wanting to sort of design a device that is true to itself. Like, I feel like that's a common, like, refrain that you'll hear. Um, And I feel like the Apple Watch isn't really, it's like, it's not true to itself. It's true to, it's trying too hard to be an homage to great watches um, of the watch industry. And there's lots of little touches and things that it's doing that are kind of homages to those things, which... Not that well. Yeah, I'm not saying it's well, but it's like I feel like that there's this there's this root of what they're trying to do. That is, yeah. they're trying to make a good watch, and they're defining watch as compared in compared to other watches. But like, relative, like the, like things that come to mind, it's like it, it, like uh, a mechanical watch doesn't have a sense of relevancy to to you in your day. Like if you if you want to, like you have to choose the complications that you want to show on it when you buy it, and those are the complications that will only ever be displayed to you um, on that mechanical watch and thankfully we can change the complications on an apple watch so like that that's, a, that's an improvement but we have to change them in ways that are very static and not um, like dynamic it's like one of the big things of being able to change the complications dynamically is like it completely changes your experience of interacting with that watch because suddenly it is changing itself to be relevant to you and so, like right now, I'm doing time-based relevancy, where you know many people have sort of routine enough schedules that showing you some data, for, you know, in the morning versus the afternoon versus the evening is a rel- is is, you know, is a useful and relevant things. And I've built and prototyped all kinds of other kind of triggers. Like you can imagine ones where, when you're in a particular location, it might change. You know, it's like when you walk into the gym, it shows you your activity rings. When you walk into the office, it shows you your calendar. Like you can imagine those kind of things. And I built them to some degree, but they're even harder to get consistent. Um, so I haven't shipped those yet, but like that kind of relevancy is something that like, absolutely. I think the Apple watch should do. I think absolutely. It should like have this kind of intelligence. I mean, one of the things like if I, if I think back to the earliest time I had an idea for this app, was probably like a year into owning an Apple Watch and getting frustrated that when you have a timer running, the timer, unless you have the timer complication on your watch face, <laughs> the timer, the time left on the timer is not visible anywhere. Um, and it seems like that's, it was so silly because it's like, why don't you just override one of my watch faces or put it in the middle or like shrink it up or like put it where you, the, like the notification circle is the red dot, like just put the time remaining on the timer up there, like something like make it so that I don't, I can easily see the time remaining on my timer. Um, but it didn't. And so like that kind of relevancy, I feel like it just changes your interaction with the watch because it feels so much more personal where it's like anticipating your needs. Um, rather than having to kind of keep like prior to this, I would sit there with my watch and I would configure a bunch of different watch faces. And then I would just like swipe through them during the day, which isn't burdensome. It's not like, Oh, this is this big, you know, this arduous thing I have to do swiping my finger across my, you know, a watch on my wrist. But it's even cooler when you're like, are wanting to check, you know, it's like, it's a time of day when you typically check the weather and you raise your wrist and there's the weather. And then later on in the day, when you are interested in your calendar and you look at it, it's, oh, there's the, there's my calendar. Like, it feels so much cooler. And so, yeah. So like, anyway, I mean, I think it's, I'm glad it was possible 
um, maybe is, is it like to your point it's it's if uh, many of these things i hope apple will do someday like i really think they could do them so much better like the avoiding the watch hands thing is kind of comical because i can only shift the contents inside of the circle that right. <laughs> I, I get and so there are certain times of day when it will still be still be covered because you know like if you imagine at let's see so like at 5 30 uh 5 33 maybe like when both want both of the watch hands are both down and roughly sort of equal equally spaced within that circle like yeah there's nothing i can do like i just do my best in that scenario like i just kind of shift it into the biggest open space that there is but you know apple could totally just like move it out of the circle and for for those kind of weird times and then slide it back in um or they could make the watch hands transparent is another thing like i had a bunch had a bunch of people being like why don't they just make it so that the watch hands are slightly transparent um when they're overlapping content like sure they could do that too they could take either approach but you know there's so many of these things that i'm limited in what i can do um just because it's i I have my little i have my tiny little circle that i have to play in (laughs) right exactly no and and i think Oh God, I have so much to say on this topic. I'll try to limit it to it <laughs> for time reasons. Um, but like, first of all, I think you're right. They're never going to make third-party watch faces, uh, or at least it's not anywhere near the horizon. Um, but even if they would release third-party watch faces, the way this app is built as a complication app for any of the Apple watch faces, that's still a great market because most people are still going to be using the stock faces. Like whatever third-party faces do, if they ever come doesn't actually stomp on this app in fact it would just add the amount of features you could do because you could start making third-party faces as a part of watchsmith which should be perfect right yeah i mean that, that, that's one of my huge goals this was also positioning myself that if that ever com- if the day ever comes like i have all of the infrastructure and customer base ready to go that i can go crazy with customized like building custom watch faces and like i'm in a good place to start that um, that I don't think I'm not sure that day will ever come, but if it does, like I'm right there, and I've all like all the infrastructure in place, everything's ready to go. Yeah, so that's that's step one. And but I think also like, and, and this this overlaps so much with um, an idea that I had. You know, relevancy, as you said, is is one of the great untapped areas of of Apple Watch potential smartness. Like they they do some of that with the Siri face, and I was I was kind of excited when they made the Siri face. I thought, well, that's good. Uh, you know, they, they're finally thinking about like dynamic relevancy being shown on your watch face. Yeah. But then they first of all, it never really worked as well as I wanted it to. I tried it for a while. It never it never actually like guessed correctly the stuff I would want anywhere near what I expected it to. Uh, even basic stuff like, yeah, when I have a timer running, show that, right? Stuff that, like, the iPhone lock screen does a better job of this. Like, the iPhone lock screen, if you have a timer running, it displays it on the lock screen. Like, it's very it's very clear. Like, you know, if, if you have an alarm, it, you know, it's, it's there, too. If you're, like, snoozing an alarm, that's there, too. Like, there's it, it, the iPhone lock screen is actually way more dynamic and smart about what it's showing you than any Apple Watch face does. Um, and then also, like, the Siri watch face, it, 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 it like everything else about watch faces, it was just like one-off thing and then they never touched it again and that functionality was never brought to any other faces and so they've kind of just dropped it on the floor and walked away and it's like but the, you could do so much more and there's so many opportunities for that like i for a while i had this idea for an app that i, that I would, in my head was calling complicated and it was it was similar to this approach of like it, it would be a complication that you could basically define a hierarchy like a just an ordered list of like what's important to me and you could order that list however you wanted and you could say things like okay well if it's raining i want to know the the weather status if it's a clear sunny day i don't need to know that right if it's a super high uv index i want to know that 
If it's not, it's not important to me. If I have an alarm or, come, you know, if I have a timer going, I want that. If I have a stopwatch going, I want that. If I have an alarm coming up, I want that. You know, and you could you could prioritize these things, but there's always an order of like, well, what's important right now? If you know, if there's a calendar event going on right now, that's important. If there's nothing going on for the next three hours, it's not, right? And so it, there's so many opportunities for that that now, like, as you said, you have the time-based triggers. That's wonderful. That's step one, right? And, and as you mentioned, like, you know, other things, you know, location-based, stuff like, you know, if the sunset is happening within the next hour, I want to know the sunset time. If it's not, if it's, you know, 10 in the morning, I don't need to know the sunset time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, there's so many opportunities for dynamic functionality and for, for smartness in these smartwatches. The whole reason these things are so great over regular watches is that they can do stuff like that. And the fact that they still mostly don't because Apple just doesn't seem interested is is sad. But speaking of things that don't make us sad, we are brought to you this week by Linode. Whether you're working on a personal project or managing your enterprise's entire infrastructure, Linode has the pricing, support, and scale you need to take your project to the next level. We use Linode. I use it myself to host Overcast and Marco.org, and I absolutely love using Linode. I have about 25 or 26, 27 now servers there, and it's just such a pleasure to deal with. I've been with them for almost a decade, and they've been a great host that entire time. Great support, an incredible value. Their plans start at just $5 a month, and they have all sorts of plans above and beyond that, depending on what your needs might be. So whether you need like dedicated CPU, high CPU, high RAM, GPU compute plans, they have all sorts of stuff. Block storage, they have an S3-compatible block storage. Um, all this wonderful stuff is backed by great support, a great manager, a great API. You'll see for yourself when you go to linode.com slash radar and use promo code under the radar 2020 when creating a new account to get a $20 credit. They're also hiring right now, linode.com slash careers, if that interests you. Otherwise, linode.com slash radar, promo code under the radar 2020 for that $20 credit. Our thanks to Linode for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Yeah, I think too, there's this funny element where it's like, this is where, like, as, as an independent developer, I feel like so often the best opportunities are for taking the picking the areas that it doesn't seem like the platform that you're like the platform owner that you're working on um they for whatever reason they're take they're taking full advantage of like there's a great opportunity i think to fill in these gaps and fill in these niches and i totally like i get that but the nature of doing that is that like the you know i've had many people ask like oh no you're gonna get sherlock like if apple does this and it's like maybe i guess but the reality is like the time between today and when they're going to might implement any of these features, who knows what that is. Like I've been waiting for, for Apple to, to Sherlock sleep plus plus for four years or three years, something like that. Like it's it, in the entire, like if, if I didn't, if I didn't make sleep plus plus because I thought Apple was going to make a sleep tracker, then like I, I would have had three or four years where I wouldn't have had this app out in the world, like helping people and being part of my business. Like it's that's not a, a very particularly useful way. And I think so often these opportunities like are there because they're like they're a bit more niche because they're a bit more um, like they're, they're not the mainstream feature. And like I don't think Watchsmith is for necessarily for every user. I think every user could benefit from it. Like I think everyone could enjoy some of the um, just the aesthetic differences between the uh, watch faces um even if they didn't get into kind of the more dynamic or nuanced and complicated stuff that's in there like the basic functionality of like i i 
I like just showing the date on a lot of my watch faces, but I really don't like that all of Apple's date complications have the the ha, have uh, the day of the week be red. Like I don't really like red on my watch face. Like I, I'm a, perhaps oh, you're missing surprising. out. Like I mean, I, I I like I get it. Some people do, right? This is this is fashion. This is the thing. Like I like blue. Like I love I love my watch face to be very blue. Yeah, that's fair. Blue's blue's my color, and so like if I was going to a store and I'm like you know I'm at, I'm at a watch store and there's a bunch of different watches with different with like you know the the, the second hand being different colors, it's like I'm going to choose the blue one probably, or like maybe some days I want orange, but like the fact that it always is red, that's the thing that that's frustrating. I think that's the part where like hopefully it's like it's useful for everyone, um, but like I like being able to provide that kind of customization to, in ways that just like aren't available. Um, otherwise and if one day it gets like apple comes along and does some of the stuff like either it'll expand my market because it makes people interested in dynamic stuff and say it only comes to some some watches or they you know they do it in one way and i can do it in three others like sometimes being sherlocked is actually a good thing and it expands your market or if it does some if someday it does happen and it like it's sort of the the business case for it goes away it's like okay you know the app served its time and had its purpose and then i'll just move on to something else and i would have you know had the benefit of in like I feel like I'm a better developer having built this app because it's forced me to stretch myself in ways that like I didn't, I don't normally get stretched. Like the amount of math, for example, like that I've had to do and relearn um, is like, is good for me. Like I have these periods where like my desk is just covered in paper and I'm just sitting there like sketching out equations and trying to work this stuff out because like, I'm not a mathematician. We we talked about this a couple episodes ago where like math can be, it's intimidating, but like you just need, if you have just about enough to like get by, you can do quite a lot. Like the, the thing where I'm doing, where I'm shifting the contents to avoid the hands is some relatively basic geometry to like work out, you know, I can work out the angle that the hand is making on the circle based on just the time, you know, like 360 divided by um, like 12 for the hour, hour hand or uh, 60 for the minute hand. Like I can work out where it is. So then I, then I can like work out what line it makes to the edge of the thing. And then, you know, then it's this question of like intersecting that with another circle. And like that math is not easy, um, but it was like the kind of thing that I could learn and I could pick up. Um, and then once I have it, like the cool thing is it's like, now that's a tool in my toolbox that I, I didn't have before. So it's like, I guess I'm just encouraging people. If you think of these kind of interesting, interesting gaps that you want to fill, like go for it. And so far it seems like there's people who are interested in that. And the, you know, the response to this app, I think is sort of validated that at least in my own mind, like I launched it kind of fully expecting that it would flop, that it would be one of the many apps that I've launched in flops because it is so niche and it is so um sort of specialized and you kind of have to wrap your head around it but you know so far that is hasn't been the case that lots of people seem interested in making their apple watches feel more like you know their own that's fantastic to hear i'm just i'm so glad that it's working out for you because i was so concerned you know as you know anytime you invest a whole lot of time into something before it ever sees the, the market and the light of day uh you run a pretty big risk like you know maybe that's just not going to do that well and until you actually ship it and it's actually for sale and it's actually done you really have no idea what it's going to be like, right? And and you know you could have spent a year on this and had it be, you know, almost nothing, and, and had it be just you know, well that didn't work. I'll try again, right? And like the more complicated the app is before it can get to one the larger risk you're taking of that, you know. And so the fact that this was a very substantial effort of you know you said like you know, seven or eight months, uh, and 
and the, the fact that it's doing well now that's very good news so congratulations thanks yeah and i will say it was an exercise in discipline to actually ship it like i have at least as many like i think i launched with 50 complication types um and i have at least that many again um on my to-do list of like <laughs> types of complications and things that i want to build and features that i like you know like i prototyped and then didn't quite get ready for shipping but it's like i think it was it's an important reminder at least this is this is me talking to myself more than anything that's like build enough that it is you can prove the idea of what it is show people where it's going and then hope that you know it's like it, adding one more complication was not going to be the thing that like made or like made or broke this app it's like having 51 versus 50 wasn't going to do it. Like 50 <laughs> right. was enough. And so it was important for me to, at some point, I just had to draw a line and say, like, this is enough. The app is good enough right now. Um, I can ship this. And if there is interest in this, there's going to be interest in the next 50 complications I'm going to make. Um, and if there isn't, then I'm glad I haven't built those extra 50. Um, you know, but it's just like now I'm thankfully in the position where it's like I can, I have this little playground that I can keep, you know, I've added, I think, seven in the week since it launched. Um, so I'm at a pretty good clip to, you know, it's like ca catch up with those 50 that I've had. And I'm obviously getting lots of suggestions from other users and people. And that's really fun and validating too. Like the way that I show tide data is apparently not the way that certain fishermen um, want to see tide data. And so they have a different kind of visualization for that. And it's like, great, I'll do that. Like I'm happy to make, you know, it's like especially tide data is something that's only available for subscribers. So if you want to visualize in a particular way, like I'll, I'll totally do that. And I enjoy this kind of this process of just continuing to add and expand. And the great thing about a subscription model is that like my goal is to just keep those subscribers subscribing. So if I keep, if I have the fun of keep building it and they have the fun of keep like adding, you know, discovering new features, then like we all win. That's awesome. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye.